Hello, podcast fans. Adam Carolla here. I'm leading the fight against patent trolls who are threatening this medium. It's not about me. It's about the podcast you're listening to right now. If I go down, this show could be next. Visit fundanything.com forward slash patent troll for more information on how you can keep podcasting alive. Thank you and mahalo. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Hooniverse podcast. We are nearly into the Medicare zone of this episodic hootenanny that we call a podcast. Uh, tonight I'm not joined by Blake in the zone wrong. Instead we have a special guest, not Chris, the podcast producer. He's, a, he's always special. Right? I am? Yes. I feel good. Um, I like how as producer, you get to sit there on the couch and just hang out with the mic. Usually producer is like the dude with the knobs and stuff. You're just like, nah. Well, normally we make him sit back there, but today oh, okay. he's, he's being Normally special. I'm relegated to my desk. And that is the voice you heard of our guest, Mr. Garnet Lee. Uh, how are you, sir? Hey, man, I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. It, and and beer pleasure. here as well. Oh, yes. Well, we, we usually take time. Cheers to, for that. We usually take time out to tell people what we're drinking tonight, but I'll let you do the honors. So, uh, actually, you said it was a special one. It's the Stone IPA, but it's the go-to IPA. Right. It's their new session. It's genius. Yes. Four and a half percent. It's a genius. So you can drink 3,000 of them, and you'll be good to go. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Mr. Lee is the creator of the One Up Yours podcast, and is generally considered to be one of the best video game journalists on the planet. Uh, so it's Whoa. an honor to have you here. Yeah. He is? Yes. And, uh, yeah, don't forget his new show, Garnet on Games. Oh, I'm going to get to that. Oh, oh, yeah. We're going to get to that at the end. Towards oh, the yeah. End. Oh, yeah. They're pros. Um, you also happen to like cars. I, I love cars. Why don't you tell us what you drive? Uh, so right now I'm driving a 13 Boxster. It is a PDK, so I know we have to open with that conversation. That's a fantastic transmission. Dude, There's I love nothing it. nothing wrong with that gearbox. So you know what's really funny? is So I had a Cayman right before this. So I, first Boxster I leased was an 09 Cayman, and then when it came off, I got the 13 Boxster. And both of them had PDKs, and both of them off the lot, the PDKs were okay. Yeah. It seems like if... If you haven't experienced this before, PDK being, of course, computer-controlled, it seems that there's a technical service update on them like six <laughs> months after they come out, and suddenly they rock. Yeah. And this happened on both of those cars. Both of those cars, I drove them off the lot, and you couldn't drive them in normal mode at all because they just were anemic. You had to put them into Sport or Sport Plus. Hmm. And then they go in, they get their update in about six months, and suddenly normal is drivable, and Sport feels like I wonder Sport is supposed to. I wonder if that's something they do to, to help EPA. mitigate break-in. Two oh. of the engine, um, they just were like you know what? Let's let's take the guesswork out of it. We're just going to not tell our customers that this what it is what it is, but we're going to make it so that they drive the car this way. And even if they put it into sport, we'll give them a little bit of fun. But but we don't believe in breaking anymore. No, do just we? drive. I mean, it. Come on, I mean, <laughs> in modern technology, factories the way those nothing is milled that way. We don't need to like right. run an engine to mill it down to spec. It's right. it's, it's spec. <laughs> Properly coming out of the factory. And Especially there's something to be said car. now for actually running it hard, at least in that first couple hundred miles, to get your piston rings to seal better against the against cylinder walls. Okay. So, yeah, get it heated up. Yeah. Get it heated up and seated. So, you know, both those cars, and this is the thing, you know, people always wonder, I think, well, at least around LA, you see a lot of people who buy S's. Yeah. And it's so unnecessary, especially <laughs> in LA. But I mean, it's unnecessary in general. The, the base model, and, and you know, some of the mags are, are a little guilty of this, too, of being like, oh, man, the Cayman S and the Boxster S are awesome. Well, you know, actually, the bases are pretty awesome, too. Yeah, the base too. is pretty spectacular. If you go and look at the specs, there really is not that much difference. There's a tremendous price difference between the two. But, you know, I'm still just a little bit over 5, 0 to 60. I pull hard through about 120. Yep. I have the same suspension. I don't have the same. I mean, look, they have a little bit bigger stoppers. Right. But I've still got cross-drilled rotors. I'm not, I'm not like I'm yeah. having any problem, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In all around. It, it is a sports car in the first place. It's not like it's not like buying a six-cylinder Mustang versus a Mustang GT. Right. You're, you're getting a Porsche. Or, or you can get the crazy S version. But, but how will you measure your dick against the other people <laughs> with the S? I'm perfectly happy. Right. Okay. Couldn't be more happy, actually. So actually, that was one of the things. We were talking about different cars. And if you've ever ever talked to anyone who had a Porsche, the pro one of the you know the things about them is they a la carte everything. Yes. They are. You, you, look, in the, you look online, you're like, oh, man, a Boxster is only like $56,000. No, it's not. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Right? But they, so they a la carte everything. If you walked in and said, I want that Boxster, the salesperson is legally obligated to spit in your face. I think that's in their <laughs> training handbook. Well, they'll probably be like, yeah, we'll order it for you. It'll be here in uh, eight months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but the thing is, with my first Cayman, it was 
a less option base one. Mm-hmm. And then when I got this one, now granted, I we were talking about I actually wound up lucking out because mm-hmm. it had been ordered, custom ordered by some dude in upstate New York, and it got right. there like the week before Hurricane Sandy. And Which it's a convertible. Which you want to take delivery. Of right. a convertible, right? right? Perfect. <laughs> and so they ship it across country, and then the guys here are stuck with it, so they gave me a, a, a I lucked out on the deal. But this one is more option, and I have to tell you that if you're going to be in a car and stuck in it and live with it every day as well, it's kind of nice to actually have, you know, well, so say you go get in your friend's Hyundai, yeah, like I used to do when I was uh, dating a girl who had a Hyundai, and when I had my Cayman, I was like, you know, her Hyundai inside is a hell of a lot nicer than right. my Cayman. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's something True. wrong with this. <laughs> That's a good like, point. Like, why does she have heated seats and dual zone climate <laughs> right. and satellite radio? And, and well, you can connect via Bluetooth. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know. How does that work? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's you know though. Ideally, if I was if I was shopping for a new Cayman, I'd want to get it as as stripper as possible, with the exception of like maybe the upmarket tires. Or but even after you know a few months, I'm gonna swap. So what those do you think anyway. about the new Cayman? Do you like it? Yes, I haven't driven it. I like the way it looks. See, I don't really like the way it looks. I no, love I, like I loved it. the one that I had because it was a little curvaceous. Yeah, had a little more you know like and the Boxster now has that curvaceous appeal. Yep. To me, this new Cayman looks like they shoehorned the back end of the Panamera right. onto a on a nice front clip. Right. I mean, it sort of reminds me of when they, you know, the were, front clip is good. Yeah, the front clip is yeah. really good, right? It has that nice rakish nose to it. It's really well detailed and put together. But the back end just the proportions don't feel right to me up close. It's kind of the backwards of the Panamera. The Panamera in pictures looks horrible. In person, it's fantastic. And in person, it's pretty nice, <laughs> uh, right? I, I concede you're both wrong. <laughs> so here's the difference between the two, though, because if you're thinking about, you know, uh, I mean, even Chris Hayes a lot of times has recommended going back and getting those cars used. There's a big difference between the suspension of this new model mm-hmm. and the old model. It has a much flatter, broader, hippier feel to it. Okay. It's a lot more stable in the corners. It doesn't have nearly as much. Not that it had body roll in the first place. Right. But it is, it's just a very firmly seated down, very planted, very slot car kind of feel, mm-hmm. as opposed to the models right before it, which had a little bit more looseness to them. You know, they kind of, they kind of played more along the lines of, uh, if you were comparing the two, say maybe if you've got an idea of like what the Lotus 111 is like, the, okay. that, that would be like where the new one is. Very, very wow. banged down, yeah. very sports car-y, you know, very slot car-y. Well, whereas I think, the old one was more like the RX-7 sort of super, like have a right. push on it. Well, I think the theory behind that is that they realized how good of a car they had when they made that Cayman. Yeah. And then they realized that the new 911 wasn't here yet. And if they gave it that feel, then people would be like, I'm not going to buy a 911. Well, it, it's Cayman syndrome. Once again, it's it's they're never going to allow that to be on top of the right. 911. To the point now to where they're talking in the next model year or two, they're switching the Cayman and the Boxster over to a flat four. Hmm. So I, that's what I had heard actually they were going to introduce a new car under the Cayman and Boxster because they pushed the Cayman and Boxster up. Well, I know they're I, introducing a car, um, a higher car. They're introducing one below the 918 but above the 911 oh really yeah so that's strange because car. they pushed the 911 so high now because you can't yeah. i mean if, i don't know if you've looked around you can't get a 911 for under 100 grand right? no and it, that's obscene i mean it's just it, that's out of reach of the common person it's yeah. out of reach of anybody well not anybody but it's out of reach of a lot of well folks. I, I mean the 911 is the camry of los angeles <laughs> <laughs> and people are crazy here but yeah. you know the, the whole cayman boxer thing is that's not a you know, forty, fifty thousand dollar car anymore. Now it's a sixty, seventy, eighty thousand right. dollar or or the S's are up into the nineties. Right. So that left them that Which room. Is crazy. That's nuts. There's so many cars I'd want at ninety uh, No, there there are tons. Yeah, it's there a really tough tons. choice, right? So I thought they were trying to open it up underneath to bring in a new four cylinder sports car. No, it's looking like it's going to be a turbo four that's going to go a turbo flat four that's going to go into those cars from now on to differentiate them further from the nine eleven. And even then, there's some talk about the nine eleven, the normally aspirated version going away, and the smaller and the in the lowest end of the nine eleven going to a two point seven turbo flat six. Really, I think I'd be disappointed by that. Which means that the turbo will now have to be the turbo turbo, (laughs) or something ridiculous. You know, that's fantastic. Um, The turbo S Royale. Yeah. <laughs> However, that also if they've got a flat four, that also means the nine twelve can come back. <laughs> now, when you were looking at new cars, um, was there anything else you were considering, or you're like, no, it's Porsche or nothing for me? Well, you know, I, mean, I sort of fell into this because the other thing that Porsche is really good about is when you once you're into their little ecosystem, they do, you know, it's a pretty good benefit. I mean, they, I got it on 
a pretty ridiculous deal that you probably wouldn't get right. walking in because it was lease to lease. You know, so they're trying to keep you in the ecosystem. Sure, sure, that makes sense. One of the disappointments that I think is out there in the car space right now is you know you used to think about that range when they first introduced the GTR. That was sort of where they were. That was where they were aiming. Yeah, because they were seventy when they came. They out? were seventy five. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, but you couldn't buy them for anything under like fifteen to twenty over sticker when they first came out, and then they've just slowly crept up to now. I think it's one hundred and one, something like that. You know, it's so. funny though, as it's because it's done it so slowly, and every time they've changed the car, they've made it better. Oh, they have yeah. made it better. It's still, it's it's worth you know, the, the price every time. But it goes where up. they started, did they need to make it better? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all well, I mean right. when they're up, look at the competition they're up against. They when, went from Godzilla to Mechagodzilla. Right. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, interesting zero thing, to sixty in under three seconds is insane. Yeah. And and just now with the newest turbo, Porsche's putting up similar numbers to the GTR. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's finally faster to sixty. Um, it's probably more engaging to drive, but both yeah. of them are amazing. Well, I I just drove one uh, on Saturday. And how was it? And it was <laughs> it was turbo. Um. I will say, I think from the last one I drove, and it's been a long time since I, I drove a 9971 turbo. I never drove the second, second ref, you know, right. the refresh of the 997 turbo. Um, it's very smooth. It's a car that I don't think would be at home in a very tight canyon road. Really? Um, not that it would do badly. It's just not its natural kind of environment. It's a car that feels like if you can go and just connect turn to turn in a very smooth kind of flowing fashion be fantastic great gt car basically i think the gt3 obviously is going to be better for a tight tight road sure. but um the fire, turbo fix that so i can't make that joke i mean it, it's <laughs> it, it was the turbo s in it's fast as fuck i mean it's very flat torque curve so it's just right off the line I, the problem i had driving it was is that i'm coming from rear wheel drive cars on a regular basis so I don't trust the throttle coming out of a corner until you're pretty well near straight. And, of course, I'm out with an instructor, and he's going, get on the gas, get on the gas, get on the gas. And I'm doing everything in my head to follow his direction. And then, But my body is going, don't do that. You're going to spin it. You know, um, Got to listen to the instructor. Brakes, of course, are phenomenal as usual. Right, right. Um, you know what I really want to do? I want to I find – I want to go to the canyons – and find people in GTRs and 911 Turbo S's, and I want to be the guy in the Camaro Z28 and just see if anybody will go for it. Yeah. I don't care that I'd be sitting in the car uncomfortably and sweating, but I'd just be like just giving people glints and stares the whole time. It'd be but, so much fun. But that's how you sit in any race car is uncomfortably yeah, and sweating. Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Come on, bring it. Yeah. But uh, that's – I mean you saw you saw the Motor Trend comparison yeah. with, with Randy Pope's driving that back-to-back with the GTR. It beat the GTR around Barber by like two seconds. Which is insane. That, that I is rode insane. in that car, um, which podcast listeners will remember. I rode in that car back in October. I didn't get to drive it. I rode in it at the Milford Proving Grounds, and I was blown away by that car from the shotgun seat. So the Motor Trend numbers don't surprise me. It's just yeah. awesome to finally see it on paper. Well, to have 305 square stands. Square. <laughs> square. It, carbon ceramic brakes on it, an electronic differential. I mean, it's... It's nuts. It's I mean, so awesome. They pulled the speakers out of that car to save weight. There's one speaker. It's it's. There's one speaker and an legally AM- mandated oh. for the door chime if you leave the door open. Air conditioning is optional. The radio is optional. And that's it. And the, that's everything that's $75, else. Five thousand dollars, right there. It's a club car. It's ready to go. Yeah. It is. It is the Camaro half, GT3. Half, a third to half of them will be just tucked away in airtight garages until Barrett Jackson twenty years from now. 30 years from now. Yeah, which is, which a, is shame. a shame. Yeah. That is actually a shame. I actually sort of dislike seeing that because something like that's made to be driven right. and pushed and have fun with. Right. Well, and the thing with a car like that is that the Camaro is such a common car that even if you did booger it up, you can get the parts to fix it right. and they're yeah. readily available. It's yeah. not like something that's you know they only made 2,000 of. Right. So, um, Now, jumping back... Into oh, your world. What other, what other new cars are out there? Yeah. <laughs> I well, well, I wanted to jump back into your world a little bit on a new car slant. I mean, in my head, video games and the tech world go hand in hand. Okay. I mean, video games are kind of a subset of the tech, I would almost think. Even though they've kind of taken a life of their own in the last 15 years, maybe. Um, they've just blown up. Um, so, is there any technology in new cars that you're you're happy to see or, or, or stuff coming out that... that you are happy it's made its way into cars. 
stuff coming out that I'm happy it's made. Or stuff in cars right now that you, that you're as a, as as a guy I would assume who's somewhat into the tech world, the tech side of things. I mean, I guess other than other than dual clutch transmissions coming out of Formula One and really making it into the mainstream, I, actually, people are going to like wonder what the hell I'm talking about. I'm more of a don't put too much electronics in my car sort of guy. You're going to fit in. You're going to fit in just fine here. I don't, I don't <laughs> actually. I don't actually really want a bunch. You know what I want? I want a really nice. Like if I'm driving the car every day. I want something that sounds. You know, like I can put my music through, so it's right. enjoyable to sit in it. Right. And then the less crap that it's got on it the less buttons that i have to turn off right the better you know i mean i leave i leave uh stability control on most of the time because even in my back to that thing about bass being fine you turn the bass off you turn the stability control off on my boxster and yeah i can hang the back end out right all afternoon yeah but that's fun because i want to do that right. sometimes too you know i want to like that's why you bought that car exactly that's and fantastic. you know so I, I worry about actually there being too many of these nannies that get involved in taking over you know how do you learn how to drive if you don't do that stuff you know right I, I picked up driving in a 70 formula firebird 400 nice that thing that thing had no assists in it i promise no, you. that's fantastic was there a mullet involved at the time there was not a mullet i'm an old guy <laughs> that's awesome uh that's but i mean it's all, you know what else and at the same time i learned how to work on the car at the same time as a matter of fact what i did was when i bought it when i was 15 and a half I spent that summer working at a gas station. This was when gas stations had garage mechanics. Right. Ding, ding. Yeah. And, and, I, and I did, like, the mechanics dirty stuff. Like, I did, like, his oil changes, and then I ran all, like, the carb parts through the washing station and all that <laughs> kind of crappy stuff to get your hands all greasy and oily in exchange for him, like, showing me how to work on the car. That's fantastic. And so, you know, we put, like, an Edelbrock Performer on it and nice. a Holly Double Pumper, and we did the Flowmasters on it together. So that was and... a hell of a ride then. Oh, it was it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. did, like, a shift kit. It had the, it had the Hydromatic 400. Transmission. My, my, if my buddy Tom is listening, he'd be crazy jealous because uh, Hooniverse readers and listeners will know that uh, one of the cars we featured on the website was a 69 Firebird with a tired 350. And right now he's going through the process of he's going to be swapping in a 400. Oh, he'd laugh. This car was hideous, too. It was, it, was, <laughs> it was so hideous. It was red and it had the black vinyl top on it. Nice. Landau top. Nothing the, but the classiest. That's fantastic. And I was going to rip it off or whatever. And then I was like, man, you know what? When I rip that thing off, it's going to be a bigger mess. Oh, yeah. It'd be way worse. And I'm just going to keep it clandestine. And since it was a formula, it didn't have the screaming chicken. Right. You know, yep. so, but it did have the dual scoop hood on it, so that yep. was cool. Yep. It was, that was a great car. That is a great car. I, 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 I have a lot of love for the Firebird uh, just because it was my buddy's car. I helped him. He used to live down with me in Huntington Beach, but now he moved back to Chicago. But we did uh, Hotchkiss Stage 2 suspension on it. We upgraded the brakes. Uh, but it's funny because after we did the suspension, we never upgraded the steering rack. Oh, God. So there's like three inches of dead space on center. And then when it catches, it just fucking goes. It's amazing. So the car's overbuilt for the engine right now so that when he does swap in a 400, and it's already got a 400 hood on it, it's going to be awesome. Nice. But that's the proper way to build the cars. You need oh, yeah. your brakes. You need your suspension to be able to handle the motor because that's the problem that people do is they go and they oftentimes they go and put a bunch of money into the motor, then don't do anything with their brakes and their suspension. Right. And then they die. They die. <laughs> yes. Or they end up as one of those, you know, marks on the rails upside the canyon right. road. Um, um, now, well, mine, mine just had a, you know, upper ball joint shear off. Oh, that's fun. Oh, that's always a that's good time. That's fun. Now, about 35. Uh, <laughs> it's clear that you like some of the older stuff, which is Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I like everything. But you recently... It goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm the same way. You recently uh, spent a day driving some uh, exotic stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the same thing that uh, Chris was up to. And I, what was the name of it again? Exotics Racing. Exotics. And it was yeah. out in Fontana, California. Yeah, they've right? got that, and they've got a location in Las Vegas as okay. well. So what did you guys drive? So he drove that 911S... It was Turbo two S. weeks old. It was two weeks old. Nice. Yeah. It was minty. And I couldn't resist it. I did the I did the Ferrari four five eight Italia. Oh, that's cool. To be honest, I kind of wish I'd gone with that. Yeah, you fucked up, Chris. Dude, actually, you know what I would <laughs> say? Having done it now is having watched all those cars go around. I think on that experience, I would probably go with one of the Lambos. Yeah, Why the Lambos that? are easiest because it just looked like people were having the most fun with them because they're just they they are kind of. That muscle car turned into a supercar, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you hop on the accelerator, they grunt like nobody's business. Right. You just have a good ass time. You're like, fuck yeah, and they blast. Yeah. You know, whereas the Ferrari, like, like the 458, it's too perfect. It's a surgeon's scalpel. Right. And, you know, I had the hardest time 
getting adjusted to not not a blast i mean the difference between zero to 60 in you know a little over five seconds and three seconds is not as measurable when you're out on there driving as is how fast the thing stops interesting and this car is so you're breaking way too early way too early and the instructor just kept on going he's like no hold off hold on i'm like my, my butt's telling me that you know at 105 where this corner is up here, I got to get on the brakes. Right, and braking is one thing that I believe separates a lot of uh, people making the leap in terms of you know amateur to professional and, and for just, sure, or just good amateur to bad amateur. It's just the guy who can break, who can know that he can break way later. And I would imagine in a car like that, you could have you could have just it's hit the super car so much later. See, I have the problem where I attend the Clarkson School of Driving to where I break late. But then don't break particularly hard and just try to swing it in. Oh no, you have to, you have to. Yeah, most people. That's one of the biggest things out on the track is you can break later, but you have to break much harder than you think yep. you're breaking. Well, I wasn't even that I was having a problem with making the corners. It's that by breaking that way, you end up basically understeering hard into the corner, and you end up just, you know, plowing. you plow you're through really the plowing. whole thing. Yeah, unless you're so. Chris Harrison, you can throttle on oversteer and look really cool. Right, and that's side. particularly hard to do in a 911 Turbo with all-wheel all drive. drive. <laughs> and also if you're not Chris Harris. Yes. Well, and I'm sure they've got the nannies on, too. I mean, so. Oh, yeah, they've got full nannies on. So right. here's the thing about that. And, and with the instructors, like, urging, and me just being a crazy son of a bitch in the first place, a couple of laps at the end, I, I did hold out to the end. And the, and the car is ridiculous. So there was a one corner at the end of a straight that even had a little hump right as you were in, right in the middle of the braking right zone. Right in the middle of the braking zone. Right yeah, yeah. Actually late in the braking zone. And coming off of, I'd say about 105 off of that, under full brake effort. And by the way, the, the ABS in a Ferrari is crazy. You don't feel the pedal pulse. <laughs> it, just, it just takes care of business. Right. Under full brake, unweights, comes back down. And right as it comes back down was the turn-in spot. <laughs> Pulled the wheel over, put a little foot on the gas so it would equalize, and it just knifed right into the apex and shot off. Wow. I'm like, this car, like, it's... But then, like I was saying, I think if I was going to do it, I'd do the Lambo, because while that was cool, the Lambo... wild. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't wild. It wasn't... It wasn't wild, you know. If you would have been unsettled, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you've I, driven a car hard, you get in that Ferrari, and, and with the with the instructor's help, you're going to be able to push it really hard. I mean, granted, it sounds beautiful. The V8 winds up. It sounds like it's supposed to, and does all that stuff. And and you'll appreciate. Whoa, I can go, you know, way into this corner and hit the brakes and still knife it in. That's awesome. But you may not have that that you know seat of the pants adrenaline rush of. You know, dropping the hammer on a Lambo and having it feel which like is it, fun. I mean, yeah. which is fun. You want to feel like it's going to rip the wheel. I never felt like it was going to rip the wheel out of my hand. Well, they've got a regular guy and they have the Superleggera. Yeah, the Superleggera so, looked like the fun one. Yeah. How I tall think, are you? I I'm six six one. Okay. You could probably get away with maybe because yeah. with that I've I've driven that car this a Superleggera with a helmet on. And I pr- practically had to stick my head out the window. Uh, it was tough. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, that's a hard one because, like, you know, I'm I'm five eleven, but the thing is, is like I get in that, and even I have a hard time. So it all depends on like how yeah. long, how if you get a long torso. Though short it's, I mean, stuff. it's fun. It's yeah. fun. I, 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 it's they're fun However, cars. I've I've been fortunate to spend a decent amount of time with a handful of Lamborghinis. You, so. You're covered on that front though because they they get an R8 as well. So. Even if you are a little taller, that's four. That car's four inches Dude, taller. That R8, in the roof. that R8 is like the silent assassin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just goes around the track, and you're like, ten or eight cylinder, ten, good, yeah. And then they also Zach took the GTR out, which I think would also be a decent choice for that track. Yeah, but um, it's not exciting. The Nissan GTR, yeah, I love. I'm a massive GTR fan. Yeah, but unless unless my goal was to be as fast as possible out there comfortably. I don't think I'd go for that car. I would pick the Ferrari just because I never drive Ferraris, and I've never yeah, driven yeah. a four five eight. I mean, look, if you go to exotics racing, you're not going out there to start turning laps and doing times. Sure, you're going out there to sit behind the wheel of something that you're likely not going to get to buy. That, and that's and, why I'd and pick be able personally. to drop the hammer on it, right? And that's why after thinking about it, I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, yeah, doing the Ferrari. There's a lot for what you're saying because you want to do the Ferrari because we're like, well, shit, I got to drive a right. four five eight Italia. That's awesome. But then from the seat of the pants experience, I don't know that that Lambo, the Lambo might would be, be pretty wild. Might be yeah. crazy. How many I mean, laps did you guys get? 
Uh, we did we did five. I got an extra lap because it was I actually had one of those hilarious Ferrari moments where like we do the first lap and of course all these all these cars are dual clutch cars because they wouldn't have someone out there right. in a real standard. And and I look over the instructor and I'm like, dude, it is I'm like it's in auto, it's shifting for me. Can you can you get me back control? And of course the, the four five eight has the ridiculous steering wheel. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're on this straight and he has to lean over and he's like you know, there's like two dials five buttons Jesus. a couple of switches and he's like okay what's that what's the upper left hand readout say okay what's the readout to the right say he's like hold on a second yeah you punch it like trying to get it back into you know full manual mode ridiculous so you got like five and a half laps yeah five and a half yeah laps. nice nice but so it was a good experience yeah, it was, yeah. oh it's a blast yeah and then every time you're there you know we're sitting going through the uh, the driver's meeting first thing blah 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 and then every five minutes on the spot you hear and then just tires squealing and it's their drift instructor and their z06 taking people around the track for like i think it's like 80 or 90 bucks or something like that they'll put you they've got a pro drifter that takes you out in the z06 and nice and he told me he does about 200 laps a day jesus not surprised it looks ridiculously fun yeah he's like it's precision precision with this guy at this point turn in here He, he hits the same line Every time. That's awesome. And I want to go back and just like, you know, he's going to be doing uh, TST a little bit. And we can probably, you know, we probably have him over here too. The drifter guy? Yeah. yeah if yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. see someone pull a corner at about a 60 degree angle of attack, yeah. he, he nails a couple of them like ridiculously. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And the funny thing is, is that's not an easy car to drift in. That car is a car that likes to spin. I know. I've done it. I own one. <laughs> Yours is pretty wicked. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yours is loud as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, now... I'm going to change topics here a little bit because as much as I love cars, I've also loved video games my whole life. Uh, I go back to the days of playing King's Quest on my Apple IIe. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and then you know Atari and then original Nintendo and, and all that fun stuff. Do you look back fondly at classic games the way a car enthusiast might look back at you know a, a classic car? I mean, there's got to be some from the library that... Like, like, you know, wow, Legend of Zelda, that, you know, what a time. I'm not sure for me that games age the way cars do. Okay. There's something still authentic and pure about driving a mechanical car. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, just because I had a friend who had one in high school and I got to drive it a couple of times, I would give almost anything to have, like, a 73-2002 TII. Oh, yeah. Because... Like it's just something crazy and awesome and mechanical and its predecessor to the three series. Right. And like there's and all I think that. Seventy three was still a good round uh, round tail lights. And, yeah. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It was yeah. round tail lights. Yeah, it was fantastic. I'll ride. take any TII. Yeah, but that's a good one. Yeah. But you know, and and I think there are a ton of people who do love classic video games in the same way. Mm-hmm. I find that for me, I'm just I get more of the tech bug, I guess, and I just enjoy. I enjoy like whatever the latest and greatest. As it's moved, as the I sort, I've sort of enjoyed. Yeah, I've enjoyed the move forward. If everything, you know, I don't, I, up I don't know. About you. I mean, I appreciate the old games and I look back at them fondly, but it's a very rare day that I actually play an old game. I think a lot of it also is because games, as we play them, uh, this is gonna be hard to sort. Of, let me put my head around this. Is that the tech advancements have brought a whole lot of advantages to games that are essentially the same games. In other words, the design basis of Zelda still persists in games, you know, like as recently as Darksiders and Darksiders 2. But in Darksiders and Darksiders 2, they're just so much more sophisticated. They're Mm -hmm. so much more pretty and they're so much more familiar and easy to play that you go back to like a Zelda for the nostalgic sake of it. Right, right, right. And maybe, I mean, you know, I guess that, that, if I went I mean, back to a 2002, I would be going you back would be, for the nostalgia sake of it. But like you were saying, though, on the flip side, though, you, that you would also just ear to ear, like, holy shit, what an experience. Yeah. And you wouldn't play Zelda and be like, man, that was an, like, today, that was an amazing experience. You'd be like, no, it was, well, it was fun. It reminded me of my is, youth. There's a good example from that era in that, you know, Jeff, you and I are the same age, and, you know, like, we can go back and appreciate a TII, which is before our time, and actually kind of lust after that car. Sure. However, I can't say the same for going back and playing, you know, Atari. I have zero interest in that whatsoever. Mm. Interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I wonder if someone, you know... I still like Pitfall. I'd go back and play Pitfall. <laughs> I like Fair that enough. game. <laughs> Do you really think you would, though? Uh, maybe. Like a Flash version on my on my laptop. Right, right, right. And, that, um, you know, I'm down, I'm down with that kind of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm into these, you know, reimagining of classic games right. into indie space. I, actually, I really like what the indie game developers are doing in the space, like using... Using the style of old indie games. Oh, yeah, like Starbound. Fantastic, right? That's yeah, badass. Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Sorcery. Yes. Yeah. That, that's all awesome. I just don't know how well I personally go back to the older stuff. And the other thing is, games being different from cars, Like I can consume 50 games a year. Right. And I can't consume 50 cars a year. See, on the flip side... I do consume at least fifty cars a year. Yeah, but I mean, but you it's don't, my job. I think right, I but do you don't both. own them, and you don't own oh, them and live with them every totally, day. Totally. Whereas, like, you know, I, I wish. can, <laughs> I can, I can own a, I can own a, you know, a Bioshock. Yep. And play the whole damn thing, and have gotten the entire experience out right. of it, and then I'm done, and I put it on my shelf. Right. My stuff goes back after a week. Right. Good point. Very good point. Uh, but are there any old school games that remain favorites that if you had to pick? Uh, well, since it's a car game, since it's a car show, I always have to show mad respect for these guys. There was a series that Codemasters did, and this is not actually that old, but they started off with the to- with the touring car license. Oh, the Toka game out of the UK, and. That series became Race Driver, and no one to this day has equaled the feel of racing in a game that those guys had. Interesting. There are people who have done better. Sims, obviously. Right. But, but if you play, essentially, if you play Gran Turismo and, and even Forza to a degree, you're accustomed to, you know, they crash first corner, and then the AI's not any fun right, to play right. with. You go back to those Toka games, and you would, have, you would have the races that people hope to have when they race online that they don't really have when they race online because when you race online, not a lot of people know how to race unless right. you're doing iRacing. If you're doing iRacing, yeah, totally obviously ball that's game. a whole <laughs> yeah. other ball game. iRacing is out for Mac now too, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much accessible on anything. Sweet. i got to so. hook that up. That's pretty – that, but that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. That's a whole other ball of wax, whereas what was great about the Toka and Race Driver series was, you know, you could flip it on and it had, you know, a smattering of good tracks. I mean, I, I, I remember – it was one of the first games I remember having Bathurst in it and oh, just being wow. able to do, like, 18 car races on Bathurst. And of course, it was old days, so it was, like, 18 car races, but there were only, like, three or four models of cars because it had to redraw the same right. car. Mm-hmm. But the racing would be fantastic. It would be wheel-to-wheel racing all the way around. The other thing was those guys were racing fans, so it wasn't every race was a sprint. It wasn't everything was two races or two laps or three laps. It was, hey, here's a 20-lap race. Here's a two-hour race. Wow. So you actually had to – you could actually do what you're supposed to do. You could drive for position, put yourself in position to make a pass on, you know, where – you're like, oh, I'm great in sector one and sector two, so, you know, I'm going to play great in three and four, and then in one and two I'm going to go catch him up and make my pass in the next five laps. Wow. Which was actually felt great, right? And, That's awesome. And no one in the sim world, you know, neither Gran Turismo or Forza have a willingness to do that anymore. They're so afraid that people won't play those games, mm-hmm. that people will be intimidated, that they just won't do them. Well, they're like Hollywood now and that they're hitting – they're trying to hit the mass market rather than trying to address these niches. Right. And and and, and understand still making so the racing the, game. It's so expensive to develop now, but you know, I, there are other guys out there like iRacing that are that are doing this, but it's inaccessible to a certain extent because you have to go and buy you have to have a powerful PC yes. and then buy a bunch of equipment and blah 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 blah. You know, it'd be nice if uh, it'd be nice if a little of that came over to the console world. There was another one uh, during the Dreamcast era called the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Yeah. Yep. That, did, that did the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And oh, it come was, on. And, no, it was awesome. And, it, and you could pull into the pits and save. So it was fantastic because you could pull into the pits, walk away, save, and, you know, just like you would take your driver's break. That's so having, You mean awesome. not like those torturous Gran Turismo 1 and 2 eight-hour races? <laughs> yeah. We just – yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Uh Man, now I want to go look up those games. That's awesome. I'm going to be looking for Dreamcasts on eBay. And I've Craigslist. got one you can borrow if you yeah. like. Nice. That 24 Hours of Le Mans. That's a pretty. That's a pretty random, random and obscure game. Yeah. The token, the race driver games. I mean, those were even persisted into Xbox, PS2 era. So you should have no problem finding those. Hmm. That's good to know. Uh, now we're in a, a a new world of of new games filled with just wild graphical uh, capabilities. And I play mainly console games, so I'm, I know I'm a peasant to the PC Master Race. Um, but even you know PS4 and Xbox One, the visuals are pretty amazing. And then the PC guys take these games and take them to whole new, whole new levels. Uh, what games are standing out for you right now that offer that visual 
wow. The visual wow. You know, I think actually, if you've got a PS4, you've got the most visually wowing game that's come out yet on a console in Infamous. I mean, that game... It's impressive. It's pretty damn impressive what's coming out of that box. And it certainly, you know, puts a stake in the ground that Xbox One's going to have to figure out how to how to combat Hmm. because titanfall looks i'll give it good but it's not much above okay okay i mean admittedly it's running on the source engine which you know for buzzword crap that's like the engine that half-life 2 was made on and and you guys know how long ago half-life 2 was i mean it's been modified and built on and and you know one of the things about that engine i didn't realize it was running on source yeah so the thing about Source is that Gabe you know, and Valve built that to be highly extensible. So there mm-hmm. was modular construction. They could come in and plug new technology modules in, and they've done a lot of that. But oh, and hell, look at some of the look at some of the aftermarket mods yeah. that are on the PC world that are like, holy shit, that doesn't even look like the same engine. But nevertheless, under the hood, it's still it's still Source engine, which is why yeah. the 360 version that just came out looks so good. Yeah. If, you, if you're thinking about Titanfall and you were worried about needing an Xbox One for it, you can well, fully I, I enjoy would, it. I was 360. looking at it online and like, this doesn't look appreciably that much different than the nah. Xbox One version I had. Well, and it, it can't because the engine's just, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And they have a they have a 30 frame, they have two modes in the 360 version. So they did a unlocked version that has a lot of scare tra- uh, uh, like screen tearing in it. Mm-hmm. So that will get up to like 45 or 50 frames. But you can lock it at 30 and it's perfect, silky smooth. Huh. And 30's not bad. People will be like, oh, it's got to be 60 frames. 30 is pretty fast. You can <laughs> you can play the game. Especially when you're sitting 12 feet back from your TV. But yeah, Infamous, man. Infamous looks ridiculously good. I, yeah. I am super impressed with that. I'm trying to... What is it? Is it Drive Club that's coming out on the PS4 as well? I can't remember what the hell the yeah, Drive Club's such a troubled, troubled yeah, game. Yeah, it's been rough development from what I've gathered. Yeah, when I played it at E3, it was I was sorely underwhelmed by that. I, What's actually, the premise? It, it's supposed to be like a... A multiplayer online driving game, right? Yeah, with you know, big time social hooks. I mean, I think their idea is that they've looked at how there's a lot of information they gather on the fly as people are driving, like who's driving what position, how fast they're going, how fast they're going around corners, where they're braking, what their average speeds are, all that kind of stuff, and they can pin that over people while they're playing. So you can have like all this real time telemetry that's showing up, and it gives you like little in in race challenges, like beat beat your rival through this section, or you know. That was the idea. Right. But, man, the driving in it. I haven't played it. I played it at E3 last summer. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, it was going to be one of the PS4's early free games. And we don't really know what's up with it now. It was not play- It didn't drive well. It just wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't handle well. And if you can't get the driving part down, yeah. it doesn't matter what the rest of the window dressing is. You know, it's just sort of immaterial, right? Yeah. you got to have that part down. Now, um, Switching to a different game. And you switch, you got the gears going. I know, right? He's rocking through them. Um, yeah. It's like a jet track. Jeff, yeah. Jeff has a well oiled machine with this podcast. <laughs> um, so, most sometimes. Sometimes I just say, close the laptop and say, screw it. Uh, but I was going to say, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what some of these people are doing in uh, Grand Theft Auto Online in terms of like vehicular stunts. And some of the shit that's going on, like just go to YouTube and see what these totally people are made stunting. For that. That, it's, it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's I haven't awesome. fired up online since the last time I played, and within the first five minutes, the same guy killed me ten times. And I said, I'm going to stick to story mode a little longer. Uh, but I've been watching the videos of, of these guys, and I'm on the Reddit thread for Grand Theft Auto, so I always see that shit. Best place posted. to go. Yeah, I mean they're they're hitting buildings and then putting the motorcycles into like rail slides and then flipping off the buildings. So they've turned Grand Theft Auto into Tony Hawk. Yeah, but they're doing and they're doing stuff where a car jumps over a helicopter that's like and a plane flies underneath them. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, if you're, you're bored PC, at work, they need to get the PC version of that together. Yeah, because that scene well, it's going to go insane. Will like explode yeah, because then you'll be able to script it too. Right, <laughs> and be able to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And right. So when the when they've had PC versions out of the prior Grand Theft Autos. The, the things that the community have done with them have been amazing. And well, some of them are really couple, wacky. Couple. Like, like there, was one, there was one server that was set up where they were playing Grand Theft Auto simulation style. And by simulation style, they meant that they were like just having the city go about like a normal, ordinary day. So people were like driving taxis. So it was like, like SimCity Grand Theft Auto. SimCity Grand Theft Auto. People do the, the wackiest shit. I like the guy who modded one of the cars to be the, to, uh, the, the, the time, time machine. machine DeLorean yeah. from yep. Back to the Future. But it worked. You could... Go. They modeled the interior of the car too, so you could set the the the, um, the time code, and then the car would make the noise, disappear, and then reappear in another part of the city in a different time of day. 
Or they impressed. That's insane. That's badass. That's or the insane. really impressive stuff is the the guys that have been going through and redoing all the textures, all the lighting oh, systems, like, all the particle systems, and it looks like it looks much better than GTA Five does. It's yeah, incredible. there was well, there was the picture, the picture where someone's like, oh, clearly they used a picture of like a real city, and yeah. uh, it was actually no, it was modded GTA, and it was it looked like a, a photograph of New York. And the other cool thing is they've gone through and they changed all the generic cars over to the real models. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And it's they're really really well. It's done. insane. It's insane. Yeah. But getting back to real cars for a moment, uh, you wanted to talk about that NSX. Oh, dude. So because oh, so I, I didn't tell actually for everybody listening, I have the 2005 NSX. So I pull up here and parked behind Chris's car is this. Out of a magazine picture shoot, NSX. <laughs> it's I, flawless. I, I think my jaw about it's like hit. pewter gray. Oh, it's, it's Silverstone metallic. Okay. It man, it is it is it is par excellence as far as examples of NSXs. That's because it came from Honda's museum. Man, it is. <laughs> um, it's a 2005 Acura NSX, the same one I gave Blake, who's not here right now. I gave him shit because I was blown away that he had it, and I told him I was going to schedule it, and I did. So I have it for a week. It has 40,000 miles on it, and it's fucking... I, I keep saying I'm going to swear less on this podcast, but... The, the ride height, it doesn't matter. the it's wheels, perfect. The, the, it's just... It is... The wheels are awesome. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's And the whole time... Every 20 minutes that I'm driving it, I have visions of Ayrton Senna. <laughs> like, you can't not. Uh, I'm shooting video on it this week, and I'm definitely going to wear my loafers. There's no question about yeah. it. Loafers with white. Nice. Like, I have to go buy because I haven't owned white, you know, the pack of socks that you get it's from right. Target. So I'm going to go get those socks uh, up to my shins Legit. and loafers. Yeah, going old school. You know what hasn't changed since the last time I was in that car? I still don't fit. It's so awesome. I love it. I, I'm very comfortable. I, I still don't know how. You're what, 6'3"? Yeah. Okay, I'm 5'11". My head's in the ceiling and yours isn't. It's just, yeah. That I love car, it. Uh, I don't know who they built it for, but I, I guess Ayrton Senna. And Blake. And, Blake's and Blake. people. Yeah. They built it for Blake's people. You know, <laughs> I had a realization a couple of years ago because I actually got on a big conversation about NSXs. And, and so I was talking with one of my other buddies who likes cars. And I was like, what the hell ever happened to all the NSXs? And I guess I didn't realize that people ruining them on the track mm -hmm. was a thing. They're out there, though. I know they're out there, but I didn't realize that they actually had a pretty high car mortality rate from people not being accustomed to that mid-engine. I, I still don't think they're anywhere near as bad, uh, you know, lift-off uh, oversteer as 911s, um, hmm. Porsche products. I don't think so, at least. Uh, I, I've never read anything that says, oh, yeah, they're just like that. I, it doesn't strike me that way from when I drove it, either. Um, it, it just feels excellent. This And... I know you didn't. You say you don't fit in it well, but the seats are. There's so much padding. It's so comfortable. Um, the funny part is it has a tape deck. Of course. Um, so I'm just listening to the radio. Uh, it's. I love. But you don't have I'm your drop-in so cassette happy. iPod. No. no. Someone makes a Bluetooth. Yes, one, they do. Which I thought about buying just for this car, but it'd be such a waste of money. Who would have thought that the cassette would actually become an asset after the CD died? I know. <laughs> Apparently, though, there's there must be a disc changer in the front trunk because there's a button on the radio that says cd that is where they but i don't it. even know where my fucking cds are you know i i use my phone for my music and or satellite radio or hell our laptops don't even have disk drives in them anymore no this does yeah there's no there's no yeah there's no obstacle drive um so but every time i walk out to this car i just smile it's it's so not? I feel like I'm sitting just behind the front axle. The field of view is so awesome, you know, because there's not there's thankfully no pedestrian safety crash standards for the nose like there are for well, I'm sure there are, but they're not as as harsh. Um it's it, got the car gets tons of looks. I didn't think it would get as many looks as it does. It's yeah. got a beautiful greenhouse. Yes. Right? All that glass. Yeah. And the way it just oh, it's just so put together and that's that is pretty much the and this one wears example. modern tires, which is good. I mean, 2005, the tires wouldn't be that old anyway. But I think it has the, like, what is it? Who makes them? Dunlop? The the Derezas? I'm not sure. I, whatever they are. They're, um, they're the Derezas, and they're, 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 I guess they're super highly rated tire rack tires. So um, I, I can't wait to take this car to the canyons. I'm going to just drive the shit out of it all week. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great car. It's just... Uh, once again, my head doesn't fit in the thing. I fit. You know? I fit. Well, just take the roof off. It's a Targa. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> there you go. I'll break uh, out the goggles. It's fantastic. Um, so I, I I just love it. And you know, it's funny too. The Before I got into this, this past weekend, I had a tw uh, the Aston Martin V12 Vantage S for the weekend. 
Um, mm. And that car is awesome. But as soon as the NSX was on its way, I moved the Vantage. It was like, you, get get over, get out of here. Get out of here. I want half the cylinders. Right. Fuck you. I, I don't know why. There's <laughs> there's a special spot in my heart for that right before OBD2 era of of especially what was coming out of Japan, you know? 300 ZX was in its head. Oh, yeah. That would mean that was the like the perfect time for that. The Are RX you Blake's 7. uncle? <laughs> well, I like all that. I like all that, the Japanese stuff, too. And the RX-7, you know, I... I would love to have one of those cars. In college, I had a, a 85 300ZX. So, I mean, oh. I have a, a super soft spot. I actually like older Zs. I even like later Zs, the Z32s as well. Um, I've, w- I've never driven. I've always wanted to drive an uh, FD RX-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. There's tons of cars out there. I saw a Supra today. It's modded. I mean, it's hard to find a stock Supra. Yeah, but I, you, really? A modded Supra? I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, well, it was, it was minor. Is, it seemed to be just exhaust. How do you even find one now that's not been you you, know, you don't. messed up? And yeah. if you do, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yes. That Supra is a, a, a stock Supra. If you find one that's affordable around you this is a tip for you listening at home buy it buy it buy it go in with three people if you have to if you can't afford it buy it because it's going to go up in value see i used to want the supra but i think now i'm more enamored of the rx7 the rx7 i think is a much better looking car yeah um i think the supra is very much of its era and you look at it in the design and it looks like okay yeah that that's an early 90s car right um rx7's classic the rx7 is a very classic that'll actually probably only get better too. Yeah, and I think the RX-7 is going to become an exceedingly valuable car in its old age, um, because it's just they're har- they're harder to find. Uh, and unique engine, unique, and it's just a timeless body style. The same way that you know the early Z cars, the early mm-hmm. Z cars, mark my words, are going to be the next super valuable thing. Well, the, I mean, two forty Zs are if you if you're not planning to buy one now, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Um, so start, folks. If you want investment pieces that you can afford right now look to japanese yeah. iron 240z's of the next 930 yeah i like that that's can a good way to put 240 it you find 240z's anymore yes yeah. you can. 240z that don't have 350 chevys in them yeah you can yeah. you can uh, i drove one cross country a couple years ago a 72 240z bought it uh, my good friend's father i help him buy and sell a lot of cars he f- i found him one in actually redondo and then drove yeah. it to wow. boston um which was an awesome trip. And that was a beautiful car. It was a beautiful car. Minus the fueling problems. Which we fixed. Yes. I almost caught the car on fire. But Whoops. that's, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's heard that one already. Um, so I also just drove the Chevy SS, which we talked about. I've driven the Morgan three-wheeler, which we talked about, which is just so awesome. But letting people know at home that those videos are coming. I'm editing them. I uh, I just drove the Viper. Yes. How was that? It's very Viper. Um, what can I say? Uh, obviously, the interior's hugely improved yes uh it's impossible to tell where the rear end of the car is and where the hips are when you're backing it up huh. mm. uh, so you have to be very very cautious and there's oftentimes a okay i'm parked on a hill up oh, get out up oh, no i need to start that up and move it <laughs> um it makes a lot of torque down low but you know strangely enough because it's just that big Eight, eight plus what is it 8.1 liter 8.4 8.4 liter v10 512 cubic inches right that car it's that you know it's got kind of a lazy motor people people knock the ls motor being lazy i think the the srt8 you know the the srt10 10. rather <laughs> blah i can't speak tonight so maybe it needs a, a nice cam upgrade or something and not even that it's just kind of it's not fast to rev it's just it's a very good motor and it's understressed which is really good for the long term on that but it's not a car that's like eager i would say mm. um, that's a weird thing for a viper yeah that's a weird description for a viper it's you know i mean see I, I just rode i just was fortunate to ride uh last week i rode shotgun in a viper ta around long beach mm-hmm. while it was it's set up for the grand prix uh with kuno whitmer who's their factory driver and it was i mean it felt pretty fucking awesome from the we hit we crested 150 miles per hour on the main straight don't get me wrong which in long beach is awesome it, it's a very <laughs> yeah. fast car yeah but it does not have it doesn't have like this crazy immediacy to it but it, it, the funny thing is and like everybody goes oh the viper will bite you in the handling it's set up almost like the suspension on that is set up almost identically the way it is on my vet so i got in that car and i felt right at home um 
And once you get out on the road, the sight lines on it are perfectly fine. It's really not that bad at visibility so long as you're going forward. Yeah. <laughs> so it got more refined than the sled that it was. Yeah. And it took something away. Yeah, a little bit. I, but, I mean, it's a, it's a much better car overall than it was. Um, less rattles. Um, that being said, the last time I got in, when trim pieces were falling off of it at 5,000 miles. Yeah. yeah, they were just a crazy sled. Yeah, yeah. It was, an engine, it was an engine with seats. It was, it's more forgiving than they used to be because of the electronic, you know, traction control systems have, and stuff like that. I mean, but apparently, though, no one's fucking buying them. No, hmm. it's overpriced. It's if that car was fifteen or twenty thousand dollars less expensive, it'd be a much better value. But at its current price, it's no, it's it's a no go. And I think that car is completely dead in the water once the Z06 comes out. <sighs> a lot of cars. Are t- I mean, yeah, the Z06 is going to be. A new performance benchmark, I think. I mean, because as good as the Z28 is, mm-hmm. I feel like the Z06 has to be fast. It has I think, to be. I think the Z06 is going to come out and embarrass a lot of things that are a lot Which more expensive. Which is kind of awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not... Uh, uh, it's got to be an American car. You know, I'm, I don't care so much about that. But at the same time, it is fun to see an American car kick some ass. I don't think anybody right now is doing chassis engineering better than GM on a, on a mainstream basis. It's the things that they're producing are shim- they're simply astounding. Well, yeah, because you like extend that to the Cadillacs. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the, the Cadillac chassis is awesome. It's that Alpha platform, and the Alpha pl- platform underpins the CTS, the ATS, and it's going to underpin the Camaro in 2016. Hmm. So, speaking of chassis, you know what car I just got back from driving? I drove the uh, 2015 Hyundai Genesis sedan. That looks. I I really like that car. I haven't you know been who in they worked yet. with to refine their chassis? Because the one thing about one of the things about the Genesis, my two nitpicks about that. I do know who they car, worked with because I watched your video. Okay, <laughs> one was the seats were terrible, uh, yeah. no support, and then the other one, the driving dynamics were atrocious. Uh, they worked with Lotus to fine tune the new uh, driving dynamics. That's a huge step for them to do that. That's pretty effing awesome. Um, the car still does burnouts, as I showed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's nice, yeah, not to change to the Genesis, but I figured I should talk about it because I did just drive it. It's it's a gorgeous car, too. It's really good looking. Have you seen it? Yeah, it looks it's really, really yeah, comfortable. It's a really pretty that car. new grill that they have on there I like makes it a lot. all the difference in the world on that car. I like I've, it a lot. Inside, it's nice, too. The seats are. The new seats were actually. I, and someone was making fun of me because I, like, almost moaning in ecstasy about the lumbar support but the new seats are so good but it's it's almost shocking because of how bad the old seats were but you know you're talking about the vet i mean we still have a huge mid-price range enthusiast car problem there's just not that much in that space now you know like the evo going away that's mm-hmm. not gonna i mean and it, well the, the evo, evo was overpriced was overpriced but still yeah. it was at least something that was made for a enthusiast driver whereas right. most of I mean, if you're looking in that range, let's say, you know, above 40 but under 65, there's just not much in there. Base vet. That's it. Right. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, there's just Or something not... from the Germans. Yeah. But, like, but it's still going to be like What's an enthusiast be? sedan. It's going to yeah. be like, you know, like an S4 or something. And, you know, I, and yeah. I appreciate that, you know, Audi built a really loyal following with those S and S-class cars. I feel like in the last three or four years, those have really softened up around the edges. To oh, me, yeah. To me. And, Absolutely. And that's... Almost, I get probably almost play. so that they wouldn't have to go as batshit with the RS, even though, and I get the RS7 in a couple weeks, um, I didn't realize just how fast, like I was looking at the numbers, because mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a heavy car, it's, yeah. a, it's a big Audi. It's a big car. Zero to 60 is like three and a half seconds. Yeah, that car is stupid. I think out of the big German sedans, I think that's the fastest right now. Uh, the, it's 560 horsepower. Out of a four liter, I mean, I know it has turbos, but a four liter V8. So if you work out the yeah. horsepower per liter, it's that's insane. Yeah, um, I can't wait to drive that car. I, you know, I <laughs> talked to uh, JF Musial from the Drive Network. Oh yeah, he's he tried to hit 300k on he, the Autobahn. Yeah, he was trying to hit 300 kilometers an hour on the Autobahn, and he's just, I mean, and JF drives as many cars as, as we get our hands yeah, on, if not super, more. And, yeah, and um, he just says that that car is like a monster. That it's. It's so fast that it's not a challenge to drive it like 180. Yeah. It's and not kilometers. I, I think I'm gonna have to take that to El Mirage. That is an El Mirage I have, car. I haven't been to El Mirage yet, so I think I'm taking that to El Mirage. It's, um, yeah, it's, that thing's a monster. That's a pretty funny statement, though. What's this? You know, it's no big deal. No big deal. 180 pH, whatever. Um, yeah. No MPH. 
No, I thought you said kilometer. No, oh. originally J- we said JF was trying to hit 300 kilometer. But oh, yeah. he's so saying he's yeah, saying 180 miles an hour is no big deal. Yeah. Well, that's just. I mean, it is a big, heavy car, so I'm sure it sits down nice and comfy and. It's long wheelbase, all-wheel yeah. drive, Active every, every electronic help that you could think of. Right. But this yeah. is why it's great that we have the vet, because the vet fills this niche for people who are listening to the show, and they're, like, enthusiastic about cars. There's actually something they might be able to get. And, yeah. You, you and know, if they can't get it now, they can get it five or six years yeah. from now. Second or, mar- secondary market. Because even then, it'll still be good, yeah, I think. You know, and I think... You know, obviously, you know, we're forgetting about the Camaro and the Mustang, which are both, at this point, competent performance yeah, cars. Very. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this second generation Genesis uh, Coupe. You know, it'd be a nice car to fill the gap a little bit more, too. What's that? STI BRZ, if they build one. I'm really hoping they do. My th- yeah. So I, I've got a theory on this right now because. We've got the new WRX STI out, but still has the old engine. Right. I think we. I think we didn't get the new engine on that because they're going to put out that that new motor will come out in the F or the BRZ STI first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm thinking it'll probably be about 350 horsepower this time. I like your optimism. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> we'll see if it happens. Well, they're needing. They need May that the motor. gods be listening. Seriously, they need that motor for the STI, the WRX STI. Yeah. So and it's not in the BRZ yet, so it would make sense if they unveiled it for both of those cars. That would be rock and roll. That would be rock and roll. Uh, on that note, Garnett, I wanted to thank you for coming oh, yeah. on the show. Uh, it's it's been a blast. Uh, tell everybody about the name of your four episodes deep now in your new podcast. We're, we're even five now. Oh, five! Excellent. Yeah, so I'm doing a show called Garnet on Games. It's kind of a different thing for me. It's it's just me doing a more sort of uh, like call-in talk radio show side of, sort of thing. I set up a deal on a service called SpeakPipe where you know gamers can call in and leave comments and questions. So we have a sort of sports talk thing to it. I do a couple of rants and nice. keep up with like the latest reviews and everything. It's pretty much all-encompassing video game. And you know I go off on... I go off on the other tangents that people are into. Sure. Talk about a little tech, talk about some movies, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, it's on Shout Engine. It's on Shout Engine, which is awesome, by the way. It's worked out great. Chris, Thank you. Big thumbs up for that. We're... I saw you guys put up another test podcast with one of your other buddies from SF, right? Right. So I'm also doing a new show with my old buddy John Davison, which we're doing as a weekly like Google video hangout thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's then cool. we're, we're stripping the audio out and putting that out as a podcast each week. Yeah, I listened to about 10 minutes today. I think, it, I think that format will work. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, um, and then where can our listeners follow you online via Twitter and all that good stuff? Uh, easy to keep up with me. My name on Twitter is at Garnet G A R N E T T L E E at Twitter. Uh, also, same thing on Facebook. Facebook page for the show is Garnet on Games. I That's... think you just search for Garnet on Games at this point. You're gonna find it. Yeah, you'll yeah. find it. We did great, man. We were like super. I can't believe how unbelievably popular it shot off right off the bat. Well, you've and... been number one on iTunes since you launched. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. thanks everybody. <laughs> Commendable, I'm man. I'm glad you dig it, and uh, we'll make more. That's Probably fantastic. More. Anything else uh, you'd like to plug? Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I, need, thank, awesome. I think I need to be here more often so that I can go drive some of these things yes. with you. Because it's yes. all about, you know, you know, see the pants impressions. Fantastic. Oh, that we would love to have you back. Uh, Chris, uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, they can virtually. Fi- they can find me. On- not here at the podcast. <laughs> not here. Don't, no, we don't, don't need that. That 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 address <laughs> already got leaked out once already. Oh, really? Yeah, Matt That's accidentally awesome. did it. Nice. Um, he yeah, he was messaging with uh, Matt and Zach from the Smoking Tire were messaging back and forth like, "What's the address? What's the address?" And they were doing it via Twitter. Oh God! Thought there was a private message, and you know. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm Hayes Data on Twitter. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, obviously I'm TST stuff, so you guys can get a hold of me over there too. Uh, and Fantastic. then, you know, my company Shout Engine. If you need some podcast hosting, hit us up. We'll set you up for free. Uh, and we've got some exciting things you that will be happening. Say the tagline. Get your own damn podcast. ShoutEngine.com. Oh, I can go into full VO mode. I've done it a million times. Get your own damn podcast on ShoutEngine.com. Yeah. (laughs) That's where we are for the Hooniverse podcast, Smoking Tire. That's where Garnett's podcast is. Uh, Also, uh, great comedian Micah... Bam Bam White, yep. you know, uh, Dan love. Roth from the Autoblog podcast launched uh, Everyday Driver. Everybody's getting their podcast. Tell them out. Can you tell them who else got a podcast? Uh, 
Baseball fans? Oh, yeah, the Seattle Mariners okay. launched their uh, The their Seattle freaking Mariners. Come nice. on now. Uh, Shout I, Engine is blowing up, people. Yeah. It, In a world honestly, with podcasts. It's <laughs> going crazy. Uh, so what else were we going to say about Shout Engine? I'm sorry. I forgot. There's one other thing I wanted to say. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. But we've plugged so it So go enough. get your own damn podcast and keep listening to Hooniverse. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Go to iTunes, rate, and review us so we can help climb the ladder and take down... Uh, all the other crappy podcasts in the that's not fair. I'm not going to say that. There's every everybody out there is doing good. Well, stuff. you know what it is is <laughs> on the iTunes automotive podcast, a lot of video stuff gets mixed in, right? Which is bullshit because they used to split that stuff up, and it really screws with the rankings. So if you guys can go in and leave some reviews for Hooniverse, sometimes actually, we're fifth, yeah, on out of all automotive podcasts, and then sometimes we're 97th. So help us make sure we're more fifth. Then 97th. Yes, please. Um, and then follow me at Jay Glucker on Twitter. Um, or also follow at The Hooniverse. Um, that's both of us. Go to Facebook. Go check out our new YouTube channel, which we've been uploading stuff. Uh, YouTube slash The Hooniverse. Uh, just redid it. So, you know, hit me up on Twitter and, the and tell me how been you good like lately, it. Man. Thank you. I appreciate it. We just had a video break 200K for the first time, which is nice. pretty awesome. Well yeah. done. Yeah. I'm very excited Parking about that. Parking lot donuts? <laughs> no, but that's the new video. The channel trailer I just shot is donuts in the Vantage. Uh, well done. Yeah. Um, so, um, and I'll talk about why that wasn't a good idea next week because of the clutch. But um, <laughs> even on an automated manual too. Um, so um, and Aston having problems never. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was episode fifty four. We'll see you guys next week. Adios.